Welcome to the Homeschool with Ease podcast. I'm Nancy McHale, and if you're looking for practical ways to teach your children, plan your curriculum, and gain the mindset you need for homeschooling, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. In today's episode, I talk with Leilani Melendez, and she is a homeschool mom to four children, one that has special needs, and we talk about how to set up systems and routines to make the day flow better, different strategies to work with children with special needs, how to start homeschooling, and she wrote a book to help new homeschool parents in the journey of starting homeschooling and even helping home seasoned homeschool parents in how to keep going and encouragement and even preparing their kids for college. So she is a wealth of knowledge and it was such a pleasure to talk to her and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. This is the last episode of the year. I just want to say thank you so much for being with me this year and I can't wait to continue this podcast in the new year and connect with you again. Just a reminder that Thrive is starting January 9th. Enrollment is open until the first week of January, and I hope to see you there. I'm here today with Leilani Melendez. Leilani homeschools her four kids and applies her 10 plus years of experience as a homeschool teacher to provide homeschool evaluator services to Florida families. Leilani's youngest has Down syndrome, which has inspired her to connect with other families on similar journeys to share support, information, and encouragement. She also speaks on homeschooling in a way that will meet the needs of your particular family. Welcome, Leilani. I'm so happy to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. (laughs) Um, So I know that you have a daughter you mentioned in, with Down syndrome, and I know a lot of people have asked you on how you have time to kind of balance her with your other three children. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so we actually homeschool her. She is in kindergarten this year. It's her first year. And we have four kids total. She is the youngest. And so my oldest is actually 13. And then I have another boy after that. That's 11. And then the girl, the other girl is age nine. And it does get tricky. Um, We have had times where my husband works and I have to take the kids to therapy. I think the biggest obstacle that we run into is that she has to have nine therapy sessions a week. And when we do those therapy sessions, if my husband is working, we have to drag all the kids in the car, which is funny because before we started talking, we've already done two therapy sessions today already. <laughs> uh, we have to drag drag all the kids in the car. We have to school in the car. Um, and then we have to drag all the kids back home, get them back adjusted. So we have to figure out where we're going to put the homeschooling. And so I can use today kind of as a perfect example, my kids know to load the bags of curriculum. And then when we go to speech, for example, we bring in the bag and they sift through it. We go through it. I'm able to actually sit in with Naomi during therapy session for speech therapy sessions, and they work through workbooks. 
We get back in the car, we'll listen to audiobooks. So I've kind of built my curriculum around her therapies mm-hmm. to kind of meet our needs. When we get to today was actually aqua therapy. And what was fun with aqua therapy, actually every Wednesday during aqua therapy, that's when we do our big history unit and we'll read together, we'll talk about questions. And then when we're driving home, if there's an audiobook, we're back into the history audiobook, we continue with discussions. So that's one way we balance our homeschooling. Another way is we're very fortunate to have an amazing, I have an amazing mother-in-law who steps in and watches the kids every Tuesday. Actually, she watches Naomi every Tuesday and she Naomi's the one that has Down syndrome. She'll take Naomi to therapies and then I'm able to work with the other three kids. Sometimes my husband's work schedule kind of works out where he's home and he can take Naomi to therapies and I can work with the three kids or vice versa. So we're really trying to, it's just the building the curriculum around my kids to meet their needs so that, you know, I, I mean, we can't do curriculum where we're sitting in a circle all day long. We, we can't, we can't do that. We have to find something that is pick up and go, but also that's quality. Right. So it sounds like you have a bunch of systems in place to make this all work, like loading the curriculum up in the bags and then sifting through it after therapy. So can you talk more about that, but like kind of creating those systems to work with your schedule? Yeah. So it mostly it's routine and the kids know what to expect. We are actually, um, we have somebody that we have stepped in to kind of help counsel the family with, we have a child, uh, not just Naomi, she has Down syndrome, but we also have a child that has severe ADHD and um, anxiety disorder. And because of that, we actually had somebody step in to kind of help us create those systems. And so we started off very regimented, you know, gave him a schedule and said, this is your schedule hour to hour. You miss a timer you lose 10 minutes of bedtime. Mm -hmm. So we started that with him and it leaked into the rest of the family. So pretty much everybody got on the schedule and it was hour by hour. And we've had to, you know, over time adjust it. Now it's not necessarily hour by hour, but the kids do know what to expect. They know when we go to therapy, we load the bags, they have a special spot where they keep all of their individual. So we have a cabinet and each of my kids has a different, uh, door to the cabinet and we don't have it marked. I just didn't want to mark the furniture, (laughs) but they know which one is theirs. And so when we're loading the car, they know to grab that, stick it in the bag, because if they don't do that, there's consequences for not doing that. I do always have a backup plan though, just because accidents happen. Mm -hmm. And I know most of it's just audiobooks, Um, (laughs) but they know to do that before we leave the car. They also know to load the lunchbox because we're always bringing our lunch with them and they know how to make food and pack it. We do a lot of that. I know homeschooling is one thing, but then making sure they're fed mm-hmm. is very important when you're homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So they know where all the healthy snacks are. I don't have them cook before we leave. Um, so they just load up the bag, load up the apples and bananas and veggie straws. <laughs> wow. So so first you came up with like you had someone to come help come up with the routine and the systems to help your family yeah. and 
So how are you getting the kids on board with all of that? Because a lot of times, you know, parents are like, I'm going to do this. We're going to have our kids do these A, B, and C. And it just doesn't work out. Maybe sometimes parents don't follow through or the kids don't follow through. Like, how do you make sure? Because if they don't do it, then it's not going to work. You're right. especially in your case where you have to go to these therapy sessions and homeschool. So how do you actually have like you follow through and your kids follow through with it? Um, my husband stays on top of me <laughs> tremendously. He's, I mean, he's a stickler. He's like, he's the one that was like, we need to, we need to get this, this person into our home to help us. Cause I'm, I, and that's another thing, like, even though I want to go out there, inspire and encourage other moms. I know that I'm not perfect and I need outside help. So yeah, um, getting my kids on board, I have to be very like on top of it. I have to, you know, routine over and over and over again. You don't do it. I have to be consistent with the discipline Mm -hmm. and the big discipline is losing time from bedtime. Natural consequences is if they don't get it finished they lose their free time because they have to finish their work during their free time. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So what would you say to, you know, parents in general about setting up routines and systems and how to go about doing that to make the day flow better uh, in terms of homeschooling and outside activities? I feel like, like encouragement. Uh, and or just the practicality of it, like actually setting up the systems and routines. Like, well, my, I mean, the first thing I would say is do it with your spouse mm-hmm. because I feel like they should really be involved. If, if I know not all parents have that luxury, but do it with your spouse and also present it to the kids in advance. So it's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing because with a child that has ADHD uh, or a child just just in general, I think all children need to know, they don't need to wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to five different places today. And I didn't even know it. I wasn't prepared for that. They just can't, they, it's hard to comprehend. And so they go into panic mode. And so presenting the schedule to them a week in advance um, and keeping some kind of routine with the schedule Cause they're not, they're not like adults. They can't say, you know what? I don't feel like doing that today. They really don't have a choice. They have to, especially when they're minors, they have to come with me to therapies when we have no choice. Even the 13 year old there's days. I mean, I've left this 13 year old at home if we're gone for a short amount of time I mean, he's old enough, <laughs> but for a while, I mean, for a while that when he was, you know, preteen and he wasn't, I wasn't yet ready for him to be left alone. It was, it was the tug and pull. I mean, it was just, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to respond. So yeah, it's just, you kind of have to tell them in advance. Right. I love that. I think that's very important because kids can pick up on the routines and everything. It's just kind of a matter of, of reminding them. And I like the fact that you mentioned to kind of tell them beforehand, before everything happens, this is what is going to happen. And then just repeating it and reminding them and maybe even posting something if they're able to read like a little schedule on the wall or something to so they know what to expect yeah and that's why you see a lot of parents that have kids with autism they'll have those picture charts 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, I know a lot of parents will use those like in the morning you wake up, you put your clothes on, you brush your teeth, you eat, meeting those basic needs, Right. but they see the pictures and they see there's an order. And then that builds that routine and they get used to it because a lot of kids, when they're young with autism, they need to see that visual schedule. They need that, that little extra push because, you know, they, it's going to help them to adjust and, and um, all those things. So like we spoke about creating those systems and routines and kind of making the day flow and working around the therapy. How about actually working with your children that have some learning difficulties? Like what kind of um, strategies do you do with them to help them learn in a more efficient way or just learn in general? Patience. (laughs) No, no, it does take a lot of patience and understanding that you're going to have to repeat yourself a million times probably and taking deep breaths and knowing it's not going to be perfect. The oldest one with ADHD, I've made accommodations for him because he's very fidgety. He can't stop moving. We have a chair that he can sit on to keep him bouncing because once those needs are met, he can met, he can focus more on the task at hand. Mm -hmm. Now my daughter with down syndrome, there's obviously a learning delay. She is six years old and they have her around a three-year-old. So introducing her gradually into some of those letters, we use a program called so happy to learn. And it's just a lot of repetition that that program. So happy to learn was specifically written for children that have down syndrome And so the lady who, and it's a homeschool curriculum Mm -hmm. and the lady who designed it, she has videos online, resources. There's a Facebook group with other moms that do the curriculum, tricks that they do, tips, you know, so everybody supports each other. It's just sitting, repeating, just trusting the process. But the one thing that's nice is with, I don't feel like I have any benchmarks with her that I have to meet right away. Mm -hmm. I know that she's delayed. And I know that every single child that has down syndrome is going to be on a different spectrum, so to speak. I mean, that's the same thing with all kids, really, if you think about it. Um, And I have to go at her pace. And and that, like I said, applies to other kids, especially my my one with ADHD. You wouldn't know that he had ADHD just by meeting him. I have to meet him where he's at academically, even though he may be behind in one subject or ahead in another subject, or maybe outside influences like um, loud noises, those can affect his learning. So it's just, just meeting them where they're at, I guess would be the short answer, meeting them where they're at and patience. Yeah, I think that applies to teaching all kids, but it might take a little bit more focus and like more, a little more patience (laughs) and everything with kids that have a little bit more difficulty. Right, right. So you wrote a book called Freedom to Learn. Congratulations. It was written in September, right? Yes, it can, well, it's, it was written about a year ago, but <laughs> it finally got released in September because going through the editing process and making sure I was happy with all the edits, mm. that takes time, which many people who write books know. <laughs> yeah. And so do you, can you talk a little more about the book and what it is, who it's for? Yeah. So it's for a general audience and it's just, I really want to encourage parents 
to not be afraid to step out and homeschool their kids. And I am a former public and private school teacher. I taught in the public school system for 10 years, private school two years. And I've seen a lot. And I have all of that. Well, like, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't know. I have all the credentials or whatever, but I don't really think that does me justice because every child is so different. And every day was just a new day, but, but the system, I mean, I, I know that you have your education degree, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Were you a teacher? Yes. But you see a lot of things. And then when you decide that you want to homeschool and you step out, you're scared, you're terrified. You want to grab a hold to the public school and do public school at home, but then it's not really working for your kids. And I just want to encourage parents, look, like this is your house. This is your household. Uh, You have been given the right to homeschool your kids in America. Not many people realize it, how much authority you have as a parent. They still think they're under the umbrella of government schooling when in in reality, they're really not. There's like a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage parents to just do schooling the way that they feel is best for their kids. And so I go through you know, everything from encouraging. I talk a little bit about the history of public school. I touch on it a little bit. I don't go too deep into it, but I'll also talk about different curriculum. I'll even go into philosophy, like homeschool philosophies, like Charlotte Mason, classical education, what they're about. Um, I talk about the importance of community and co-op, what that looks like. So it delves in, it, it touches on almost all the little different things within the homeschool environment because it can be really overwhelming for a new parent and even for old parents. Cause I have lots of, that's the other thing that I did that, that I've been told is very unique is I include a lot of testimonies in there of parents, because one of the things that I do is I'm an evaluator in the state of Florida. So I'm that middle person between the state and the homeschool family. So I meet with the homeschool family once, once a year, I sit down with them and I just, I talk to them about the work they've done, look through their portfolios. And then I sign off on some paperwork and they send it to the state, but I've seen, and I can honestly say hundreds of different families and how they homeschool. And I've seen these kids grow up and I hear testimony after testimony of success. Mm -hmm. So I give a lot of those examples. Of course, I don't share their real name but I share a lot of examples and stories in the book to help encourage parents as they go along their journey. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's kind of, it sounds like a one-stop shop for like a beginner (laughs) homeschool. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, it's good because they, they can always reach out to me and find me if they have any questions as well. Cause I have, you know, the YouTube channel and a website and those things. So yeah, I, you're big on YouTube. <laughs> I do. Oh my gosh. That's my platform. Yeah. It's amazing. How many followers do you have? I'm almost to 17,000. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. Amazing. It's um, a mix because my journey is kind of adjusted through the years. You know, I started specifically home, uh, I'm sorry, specifically special needs. And that was before we decided, well, we kind of knew we were going to homeschool her. That was before we were really advertising that we homeschooled her. So I share a lot of her therapy sessions and how we work with her. And then I started incorporating more homeschool and now it's like homeschooling, then homeschooling with special needs. (laughs) So it's, it's this journey of us growing as a family, but also me growing as a parent and sharing that. So everything I learn. I'm sure it's, so helpful to many families. I hope so. Cause that's, 
really my overall goal. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Um, and so you mentioned that in your book, you share a lot of testimonials and successes. And I feel like that is one thing that is one piece of information that is lacking from just kind of searching on the internet or, or just in general, like yeah. I'm part of a lot of Facebook groups and I don't really see that as much, um, of testimonials and successes and really even like statistics. I've even searched personally just for homeschool statistics, like the outcome of the kids and, you know, where they end up and stuff. And it's kind of hard to find. So you have that firsthand experience and you have the families that you meet with. Do you mind sharing some of those? Oh, yeah. I can share you my favorite ones. I think every single chapter in the book has at least one story. Yeah. And I also think statistics are hard to find because a lot of homeschool families want to keep things private. If you, ha- I mean, we, they like to, you know, that's personal information they don't want to share with the state. So it's hard to really, or even any, you know, statistic, they don't want to share them. So it's hard to find accurate statistics. I even, and as a side note, I even have a chapter in there that talk about colleges because in the process of writing this book, I did have a conversation with a college counselor. So talking about, you know, how homeschoolers can get into college and he shared some insight with me that colleges really love homeschoolers Mm -hmm. because of their integrity and their hard work. And that the fact that they actually want to be there, they're not forced into it by their parents or through peer pressure. So that was, I include that in the book. It was a really good conversation, but one of my favorite stories, uh, I really feel it's really unique because it was a mom And she had six kids. And when her youngest daughter was 11, her husband died tragically in a car accident. And she did not want to send her kids to public school. It was just one thing she was determined to do. She got an RV. She did a little bit of traveling and spent some time just recovering, bringing her kids in, helping them kind of mourn through the process. Her whole family rejected the notion that she was going to continue homeschooling, but she persevered. She continued homeschooling. And now I've known her for a really long time. Actually, all of her kids are grown except for two of them. One's in 12th grade and one I believe is in a 10th grade. The youngest is I think 10th grade, but we have, you know, one is an engineer. Another one is a school teacher, which is ironic. Um, She teaches art. She actually had her own, she has her own business doing comic book designs and she has a whole website and she's an art teacher and that's what she loves. The other one is a hair designer or hairdresser. And actually she is now a mom and she has a child. And so her husband's in the military. So she actually, you know, is not cutting hair currently, but she's at home with her baby. And so it's neat to see that these kids grew up. They didn't, they're not permanently scarred, you know, from their father passing away or homeschooling in general, but they have so much wisdom. That's the other thing I talk about in the book is how much wisdom they had at such a young age. Like there's a situation where the girl, you know, I share the story of when one of the daughters at such a young age was comforting me at a time where someone was putting me down, like there's a whole story in there about that, but wisdom, uh, doing what they love to do, just they're fine (laughs) and they're successful. So, you know, 
and all and so it's so well-rounded and really awesome people like I'm still friends with all the kids and the mom so yeah oh one's an architect that's right one one study to be an architect that was the other one that's incredible I love that and it's nice to hear stories like that and to know Mm -hmm. that because a lot of parents wonder if that is the right decision and if their kids are going to be able to have the same opportunities of kids that are in school. So it's nice to know that there are those options for them too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And so kind of talking a little more about the college interview that you had with the college counselor, um, is there like, can you speak a little bit more to that? Like the, 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 the rate of kind of um, acceptance for homeschoolers in colleges? Is it harder, same, easier? Like, can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, it's about the same. And so the things that I know when it comes, just to let you know, I've talked to a lot of parents and walked a lot of parents through the process of getting their kids Mm -hmm. into college. So the process is about the same, regardless if, first of all, I know in the state of Florida, I don't know how it is with everybody else, but in the state of Florida, specifically, the colleges by law have to accept transcripts from homeschool parents just as 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 any any high school. So, and that's a law. So you can't even touch that here. So, <laughs> um, but with the transcripts, they'll take those transcripts, review them, ACT, SAT stores, but colleges always do some kind of admissions test. Usually, I can't speak for all colleges. And every college is different with their admission process too. So that's another thing to keep in mind. But they treat them, they have to treat them the same, at mm-hmm. least in Florida. And I'm sure now, I mean, the, the, the feel that I get or what I'm hearing is there's really no discrimination, especially post-COVID, especially post-COVID, because I mean, there's so many homeschoolers at this point. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's really great. Um, And so what would you offer to a new homeschool parent that is either thinking about it or has started homeschooling and they're just feeling all those beginning feelings of overwhelm, um, uncertainty, not being confident? Um, What would you offer like your best advice to them to start off? I would have them write down why they're homeschooling, make sure they discuss it with their spouse. Why are you homeschooling? Put it somewhere that you can see, remind yourself why you're doing it and really pursue that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, or like I said, I mean, it could be anything from um, how they were treated in school, where they bullied. You want to provide a safe environment in your home. Uh, It could be a special needs situation where you know that you can provide a better education for them. It could be based off of your faith. There's lots of different reasons why people homeschool. And you want to put that in a place where you remember. Mm -hmm. And then the curriculum, there's so much curriculum out there that it's so hard to sift through. Sometimes it's really nice if you have a friend that's doing some kind of curriculum, maybe for the first year, do the same as them and kind of partner up a little bit. If you can do that, if you're by yourself, my suggestion is always do a box curriculum, something that's an all-in-one. And through that first year, takes time to sift through, get to know your child. Maybe you want to try something different. Maybe you want to stick with that curriculum, but 
don't feel like you have to research all the curriculum and then pick the best one right away. Just get a box curriculum, start teaching your child, enjoy the process. Uh, everybody says, read a lot of books, especially yeah. when they're young, read a lot of books together. And, you know, you can always change things up as you go, as you learn, just keep learning, go to conferences, join co-ops. If you can't, I know a lot of people will reach out to me and say, I don't have any friends. There's nobody here that homeschools. There's no conventions. What do I do? I say just research, research. And this is where I'm a firm believer that social media is a good thing and a positive thing because we are in a situation now where we can reach hundreds of thousands of people and we could find people that have similar interests to us and connect with them mm -hmm. and Zoom with them and talk to them through the phone and text them. And they could be all the way, you know, like you're in California and I'm in Florida. Yeah. So you're in California, right? Yes. Yeah. So- it's nice that we have technology and social media. So that that is such great advice. And it's so true. I'm homeschooling after COVID has grown tremendously and is still growing. There are many, many homeschoolers that are or people, parents that are transitioning from public to homeschooling. Um, so there are the options are growing and are endless. And I love that idea of like, if you can't find somebody in your direct community, then reach out, be open to connecting across the nation or even maybe in other parts of the world or like whatever, <laughs> you know, would work for that family. So I love that advice. Yeah. One of my closest friends and we talk every single day she has a son with autism she's in canada mm -hmm. and we talk we steal each other's ideas all the time and we share i mean we'll spend hours going back and forth on marco polo through the day so awesome. she's in canada i'm in florida <laughs> <laughs> if, if if you want to make it work you will yeah yeah that's awesome. So how can people find you, connect with you and find where can they find your book? So my book is on Amazon and they can find it there. It's it's a freedom to learn. And my name is Leilani Melendez. So if you just search that, you could easily find it. I do have a website, www.livingwitheve, eve is eve.com. And then my YouTube channel is Living With Eve. And I have an Instagram, but I'm not, Instagram's kind of a playground for me where I just post, you know, family stuff and what we're doing today. And, oh, this is a really cool thing I'm sharing. You know, it's a playground for me. So it's not, you know, very businessy, but I do also have a Facebook group, not group, I'm sorry, not a group. It's a Facebook page, a business page, Living with Eve. And so we're in the process of just kind of building things out. I do have a team that works with me. And this year, one of our goals is to do more public speaking. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a possible public speaking at a homeschool convention. And I'm just hoping to branch out more in that area and continue writing books and doing homeschool evaluations and YouTube. So yeah, I keep myself busy. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's, it's you, you already, you have, you're already homeschooling, have four kids like therapy and then all this other stuff. It's so amazing. And because I don't watch TV, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like watching TV. I do this instead. <laughs> That's, good. That's really good. And so I'll link all those links in the show notes so that they can connect with you and get your book. 
Um, and is there anything else you want to add before we kind of end? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge and information about your book and your services. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening today. And if you resonated with this topic, I would love if you could just take a couple minutes to share with a friend who you think needs to hear this today. I am sure they will greatly appreciate it and thank you for it. Help me grow this podcast and reach more people when you rate this podcast on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find more information about one-on-one -on -one coaching to help plan your curriculum and homeschool schedule and find hands-on captivating projects for your children at buildaproject.net. Connect with me on Instagram at build underscore a underscore project and Facebook at build a project. I can't wait to connect with you and talk to you next time.